Thank you for tuning into the Apostolic Pentecostal Church podcast. You are currently listening to one of our iGrow series lessons. If you're in the Bloomington, Illinois area and want to sit in person, feel free to join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for worship in the Word. Can't make it in person? No big deal. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram and search Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Either way, we'd love to fellowship and worship with you. We hope to see you. How many are excited about biblical faith? So, I have actually structured this to be less of a lecture and more a conversation. Um, so, I know that you didn't know that, but with this being iGrow, it's, uh, it's really not about uh, me growing, it's about us growing. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm sure we all have an idea of what faith is. And so I think it's important to share that. I think it's important that we share our faith. Um, so I'm going to shoot out some questions to get us started. Um, and then I'm just kind of hoping that conversation moves. If it doesn't, uh, we can read Hebrews 11. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've got that in here. So I've got plans if it doesn't. And uh, if we just can't get any conversation going, well, at least we tried. Um, but with it being uh, a smaller class size and not really a lecture environment, I'm kind of hoping to uh, uh, get some things going here. So the first question I have, and my questions are always horrible. So if you can't answer them, just reword it the way that you would want to word it. But I think this is a good one to start out with. What questions do you have about biblical faith? Why did you choose to want to come to this class? Because you didn't want to submit to somebody else? <laughs> or, or you didn't want to know any more about Jesus? Or you could just really care less about Daniel? Which one of the three <laughs> were the reasons that you chose this class? So, what do you, what do you want to, what questions do you have about biblical faith? Anybody? Anybody want to start? Great, great point. Yeah. I did some of that while I was studying for this. That's, uh, and then uh, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that you can talk to me about faith all day long, but really isn't until I start applying it, where it really starts to take a hold in my life. So um, that's kind of the point of the conversation. Uh, so what was what is it that... Uh, James says, um, be not hearers of the words, but doer, doers of the word. And when it comes to faith, I think that's a, that's a big one. Somebody can tell us to be faithful all day long, but it's really until we start being faithful that faith actually uh, rings into our life. Uh, anybody else? What questions do you have about faith? This is called biblical faith. Is there a difference between biblical faith and faith? That's a good question right there. Yeah. What would you say the difference to be between biblical faith and faith? Hello, come on in. We're shooting some questions out there. I'm not giving a lecture tonight. I'm giving questionnaire. <laughs> so the, the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith, right? We have all. What does the word all consist of? Everybody. Every human being on this planet. Well, some people are atheist, atheists, right? But it doesn't say we have all but the atheists been given a measure of faith. It doesn't even say we have all but the devil worshippers been given a measure of faith. The pagans, whatever, however you want to term uh, the classify that group of people <laughs> it says we have all been given a measure of faith so when it comes to faith there is a difference between biblical faith and faith because biblical faith is what faith in the bible right 
I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull some out of here in just a little bit. Biblical faith is is faith in the Bible. Faith in and of itself is just faith. I, I was not always in church. A lot of you know that. I'm gonna push that door closed again. I was not always in church. I don't know what it is about this hallway, but it's really loud. It's very echoey. I was not always in church. I was uh, uh, out in the world, uh, so you would say. Um, I didn't have, uh, there was a seed of biblical faith. I believe there's a seed of biblical faith in all of us to, to get back to, to the cross, to get back to Calvary, to get back to the separation in the garden. I believe that's in, in, instilled in, in every one of us. But at points in time in my life, I really wasn't concerned about biblical faith. But I had faith. I had faith that I was going to go somewhere and something was going to happen. I had faith in athletics. I had faith in my own skills and my own talents and my own abilities. No, other people didn't. <laughs> but I had faith. You had faith in yourself, right? Or there's self-faith. We, we have belief in ourself. And, and what, what starts to happen with biblical faith in our walk with Christ is it's a fine line between biblical faith and just faith. And we start to mix them. And we start to weave on this road between, okay, am I right now faithful in myself or am I faithful in God? Because if I'm faithful in God, there's certain steps that I'm going to take every day. But if I'm faithful in, my, in myself, well, I'm going to lean a different way. And, and the road starts to, it'll do one of these and then slowly it'll just start to do one of those. And we like to say it happens in teenagers. What would you say the years, ages would be in teenagers? See, I'm going to get you to say something. <laughs> no, Probably closer in that. I think it differs between boys and girls. Okay, so what would you say boys? Boys? Yeah. Okay, and ask me the question again. What age do you start drifting in your faith as a boy? Let's say you're raised in it all your life. What age do you start making that decision? Okay. I think 16 is a good spot because that's where you get your license and you get a little more freedom. So it comes with freedom, yeah, maybe? But if you have, I think a lot of times <clears throat> sports can help counteract a lot of that. Yeah. Because there's requirements and expectations on the sports side of it, boys and girls, that you have to stay accountable to. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I think it depends on what the other faith that you're saying where you start to drift away from because it depends what you know if you're not focusing on the biblical faith what is that other faith you're drifting to because you know if you have faith in your path of athletics you have a lot of other requirements and things guidelines that you have to stay at least close to you don't necessarily have to follow but you have to definitely be closer than somebody that doesn't like there's guidelines for somebody that wants to pursue athletics or somebody that wants to pursue music or stuff where you have to put faith in different things and have to follow different things whereas if you just kind of are just out there it's so i think it really depends on what the other line is okay good point good point i didn't see a change and i'll use my boys for an example until they're oh no no sleep. real no real examples <laughs> no, no. i don't have a problem <laughs> like 17 Look, at high school graduation. Okay. I think that's when okay. all of those outside tests. So, so maybe, maybe as they, maybe as people are younger, that that line is that line. They test it. They, they test, test it. it. They don't go across it, but that line is pretty close. And as they get to a place of maturity and freedom, it starts to move farther. So we often correlate that with kids, but I'll just tell you being a, uh, a middle-aged individual, I never thought I'd be there. I'm actually looking forward to getting old, to be quite honest with you. I don't know, I don't know why, but ever since I was 16, I wanted to be an old man. So, <laughs> but, but what also happens when you become middle-aged is you, that, same, that same line, whether you've gone out this way, it starts to come back and you start to do the same thing. Because you start to get your own job, your own house, you start to supply for yourself, and you start to get your faith starts to get blended on, okay, is this from God or did I do all this myself? Yeah. 
And, and you can literally look in the church. You could literally look in the world. And there is a lot of people at that age. And then what we start to do at this age is now we start to live our life dreams out through our kids. And, and it, it's, it's all based on faith. It's all based on, well, if I would have made that decision, this is what I would have turned out with. And then so our, our, our faith uh, begins to uh, pendulate back and forth. Um, and I, I don't know how we, how, what question did I ask to even get there? <laughs> At what age? At what age? Yeah. So, so I think there's two points and then, then I'll even take it a step further and I'm not there yet. But I also think it happens at the, the end. You start to make that question. And, and there's three pivotal points in our life where faith becomes really re- relevant. Because when you're young and you're going, you're not really worried about faith. You're just moving. When, when, you're, when you're in the middle and things are working, you're not really thinking about it. And when you're at the end and it's getting closer to the end or all the way up to that point where it's at the end, you're not thinking about it. You're just, you're just living and you're just moving. But these three distinct points, I think, was when we start to question faith. And after that, we really don't think about it. I mean, how often do you get up and think, am I faithful? Anybody? I don't. I don't wake up and go. I question myself sometimes. Do you? Well, good for you. How does that, how do you answer? <laughs> I usually imagine myself because I'm not being the faithful part of myself that I need to be. Okay. Do you do anything about it? I'll usually open my Bible. <laughs> Maybe it's time to open my Bible. Maybe I need to pray. Maybe I need to. But I catch myself doing that. Any, anybody else? Does anybody else? I don't know if I necessarily, I think I question what my faith, my motive. So, like, sometimes I'll question, like, am I doing this just because this is what I do? Or am I doing this because it's in my heart? So I have to really, like, I personally am being vulnerable, but, like, sometimes I'll struggle with certain aspects and think, I don't really want to do that. Or I don't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. So then I have to question my motive. That's good. So when you, let's, can I, can I dive deeper on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so let's say when you ask yourself, is this really my motive? And you come back with, well, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect my faith either way. Do, does that ever come back that way? Or is it, always, is it always big things that say, this is really going to affect it. This is, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think what you're saying is to, like, it's to the point. Yeah, necessarily is it going to affect it. But I think it sometimes affects my motivation. And maybe will affect how I respond. And also, I sometimes question the blessing that may be involved in it. Because if I'm just doing it because it's what I do, is my heart there? And should, you know, sure. is that really. Are you just going through the motions? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Because I, I think we all get there. I, I, and if we're all honest, I think we get there more than we're at the other place that faith is actually moving us. If, if we're all honest, I think if uh, same, same, same way, I, I think we and maybe this is why we have this class. But I think we can all get to the point of, OK, am I just doing this because it's now a habit? Or am I doing this because I really want to see what God can do? And so that's a good I think you had a were you going to make a statement or were you just waving no, at no. me? No, oh. Tiffany. Um, so I feel like I like to. Uh, well, I'm sure all of us like speaking wide and just being positive, positive with our words. And so sometimes whenever I'm doing that, I'll question like, am I doing this because I believe that God will do it? Like, do I have faith that that's going to happen? Or am I just saying that? So that's part of the question of that. And I feel like I go back and forth and just like asking myself, do I have faith? I know we just need a little bit, but I want God to know and I want to believe in myself that I do have faith and that like, so you're you are seeking faith to convince yourself in a way okay i'm sorry i am not a psychologist i've just watched tv shows with them but no i i, I just re i'm sorry i interpreted I think, your question I wrong it's more so me like uh encouraging myself and like 
myself to remember like that I can't have. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Almost like a David moment where you're shaking yourself of, okay, this is going on, but <laughs> Well, that's strike two. <laughs> encouraging. That was a good one. Encouraging. We're encouraging. We're not questioning or doubting, we're encouraging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And and I, and that, that works great for you. In in my mind it's question to me it's questioning. You know, I will you guys know my questions, Sayo. Tori, Tim, my questions are horrible. I'm, I'm, I hope I get better tonight. Um, but to me, sometimes it's questioning. You know, it's it's literally not that I don't have it, but there are places of doubt where I'm just like, eh, probably not. And before I even give him the opportunity, I'm like, well, we did this before, and this is how it turned out. So. Yeah, it's probably going to happen again, you know, and and so um, I often have questions myself about biblical faith and 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 I'm trying to get conversation conversation rolling. And that was my first question to those that have just come in. What is it? What questions do you have about biblical faith? And, And we're kind of. We're kind of hitting all over the board, but really, I think we're starting to hit right in the center because. Each of us have questions about it. And really, it's not about the biblical aspect of faith. It's where is my faith? Would, would you say that? Because I don't think you ever really get to the point. point. Uh, I haven't uh, really read anywhere, maybe the centurion. Uh, but I, I don't know that you ever really get to the point where you just have it all figured out. I, I, don't, I don't think that's the point. I think the point is for faith to constantly be dependent on God. And the more dependent we are on God, the stronger our faith is. Would would anybody agree with that? So how do you get weak? Leaning on your own understanding, leaning on your own abilities, not God. Yeah. Yeah, good. So how many, if you were honest, let's just take those two and then we'll branch that out. How many of you are, if, if you are honest in this room, um, because again, I could go, we could go through Hebrews 11 and I could give you a lecture. I, I just, if, if you're not applying it, I, I really don't think my lecture is going to help you apply it. And, and so let, let's just go through those, those, those questions and if you are somebody that is lacking faith, why is it that you're leaning on your own understanding? What what you is it? Be, you want to be able to trust yourself, right? If you can't trust yourself, then who, who, who can trust? Yeah. yeah. In your mind, in your mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not able to. I, me personally, I don't trust myself at all. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I, I'm very uh, self-reflective. Like I could tell you about myself <laughs> and, and you'd be like, wow. <laughs> and, and I think, um, uh, humility, uh, anyway, but, um, I think when it comes to trusting in myself, I start to look at myself as bigger than what I am. And, and, and I think I'm taking your question in the wrong way. And I might have said it in, in the wrong way, too. Yeah. You want to rephrase it? Well, I'm trying to put <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. It's like depending on yourself. Like, you know you can always count on yourself. Right. We you can't count on other people. Ultimately, if you want something to happen, it's on you. Okay. I get, the rubber meets the road here. If, if, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like an element of control too. So like if, well, maybe in my own brain, like relying on God and having faith in things like that, though it's like our firm foundation, it's also like abstract in a way. So people who like to be in control and have that control, it's just easier to rely on yourself because like that's where the rubber meets the road like 
that's kind of where I was going. That's where you're going? Okay, good. I'm glad I shut up and she was able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> because who in here doesn't want to be in control? Now, some of you are liars. Some of you are straight up liars. And we probably need to talk about biblical lying before we talk about biblical faith. Because here's, here's where we need to be honest when it comes to biblical faith. We need to be honest about who we are. If, if we're not honest about who we are, you don't even need to start the conversation of biblical faith. Because how in the world do we expect to have faith in something that we cannot see? And we can see ourselves and we're not even honest about ourselves. It, we got to break this down. And that's hard because there are things that happen in your life, Nate, that we don't want to talk about. There are things that we've done that we don't want anybody to know about. And, and there are all of these things that contribute to this shell that we create. And, and we put pieces in, into other places. But it all, it all affects our faith. And, and if, if I want to be in control, well, that means I have faith where? Right here. And if I want Chase to be in control, I have faith where? Right there. And if I want God to be in control, well, it changes the whole diagram. Because me and Chase, we're human. We're a lot alike. And I can put him in control of my life, and it's still probably going to be a lot like what it would have been if I was in control. But when I put God in control of it, it, it changes the whole equation. We know that. We, we, we know that, but the problem is getting to actually apply that. And that's where that word comes in, faith. So somebody had another one. We were doing two. Well, so one of you two had a add-on. Daily devotion. Daily devotion. Okay. If we are honest with ourselves, and I won't make you answer this just in your, in your brain. If we were honest with ourselves, is our daily devotion in a place to allow faith to move us? If we were honest with ourselves. So I'll be honest. Uh, so you, are, you know what? You are very I'm honest. I'm just saying it. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to finish up. My degree, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting at my table tonight and I'm thinking if I put as much time into all of the studying that I'm doing right now and turn it over into the biblical side of it, how far, how much farther along would I be in my faith than I am right now? And it's, to me, it was kind of a moment of, you know, gosh, I wish I could just put this away and forget about it and not and just walk away. And, mm -hmm. You know, it. Yeah. That's just one of those things. Yeah, and so what I want to just speak specifically to you is the devil is a liar. And so everything that you're stacking up right now, you could do that tomorrow. Right. So don't, don't let the end, and this is now for everybody. Just because you're not doesn't mean you can't. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I understand that. It was just one of those moments. That was the I, only preaching point I had I'm for tonight. Sorry. <laughs> it was just one of those moments like, oh my, I'm, you know, I work all day and then at the minute the kids leave the house, I'm right back into studying. And if I would yeah. take this time instead and be doing what I should be doing as opposed to what I'm having to do right now my faith would be in a totally different place than what it is. Sure. And I, and I bet you if I asked that question to everybody in the room, they would tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. the, the same thing. So that's, that is, that is very, a good step of being open. But now we have to take that step to everybody in the room who is feeling the same way. And we have to begin to apply. Because if we don't, the same scripture that I spoke, and it's not even about faith, that James said, we're going to look at ourselves in the mirror and we're not even going to recognize because we've been living this way for so long that we've never applied faith. And because we've never applied it, we're not, we're going to start questioning, why are we even doing this? Are we doing this just because we always have? Or what was the root reason that we started doing this in the first place? Where did our relationship with Christ even start? And so it's a, it's a slippery slope. You know what is that song? It's a slow fade. 
Because the slow fade starts with your faith. As soon as you start to doubt and question your faith, your faith isn't gone, but it slowly starts to decrease. It slowly starts to go in the opposite direction. And we really have to be careful when we are Christians talking about biblical faith and, and giving in and giving up. Because those two things happen a lot with faith. We give in and then we give up. And then, and then we, just, we just leave it there. And so when we start to question our biblical faith, there's nothing wrong with questioning your faith. Sometimes you've got to question your faith to get that starting point back again. Anybody agree with me there? Thank you. You can be in control again. <laughs> what else? Who's got, who else has questions about biblical faith? Before I get started. <laughs> okay. Let me go to the next question. What do you think of when you think of biblical faith? Where does your mind immediately go? Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. <laughs> Scriptures, right? What else? What about Daniel? What about Abraham? People, right? Is there is there any modern day people that you example it you uh, example your faith by? Is there is there anybody that has any modern day examples of where you model pastor. your pastor? Good, good. Yeah, I, I would I would hope he would be somewhere on everybody's <laughs> list. <laughs> if he's not, I'll just put this out there. You might need to find another church. <laughs> I mean, if he's not your example of faith at some point in time and you're listening to him preach Sunday after Sunday and you're like, this man doesn't have any faith. You got it. You better go to the altar or you better get something figured out. So uh, just kidding, pastor. I wasn't telling them to go to another church, uh, but we should have faith in our pastor. That's why we should choose him to be our pastor. You, you know, you get to choose your pastor, right? OK, just check it. Who else? Is anybody else? What about grandparents? What about parents? What about... Um... I think it's the people that you associate with and who you spend the most time with. It's, you'll hear, you mimic those behaviors. You want to have faith like another person does. That's with it. Like, say, Lacey and I are hanging out. And I, you know, and I love the, her faith and the compassion that she has. Well, I love that so much. I want to be more like her. So yeah. I to take on some of Lacey's persona. Just yep. kidding, but I'm using the <laughs> that's a great. That's a great point. You should come up and lead this class. That, that's a great point. And on the flip side, it happens the other way, too. Right. Because I'm a Bears fan. I don't know why, but I am. If somebody hangs around me and they're a Green Bay Packer fan, I'm going to try to influence them to be a Bears fan. And they're going to say, why would I want to be a loser for the last 20 years? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and so our faith is influential both ways. Now, the question is, are we influential? Are we influential faith givers? Are we influential faith receivers? How do, how do we... How do we, how does it swing, pendulate for us? Because that matters. That, that matters. And, and a lot of times in, in biblical context, we call it being the light. Uh, we call it being a witness. Uh, but, but really when it boils down, this, this, this whole entire book boils down to faith. And, and that's why it's, it's really hard to teach because I... I could start in the garden and I could say, oh, Adam and Eve lost faith. That's why they ate of the fruit. And I could go on to Noah. Noah had faith and he did because he's in Hebrews 11. And we could go uh, X by X by X and go all the way through. And it's about where their faith was and what their faith was at at the time and who influenced them. Um, so are we influential with our faith or are we walking around waiting for faith people to influence us? helpful to have like people in your corner that are like speaking life and speaking truth and 
being influential whenever you can't be. Mm-hmm. And then, like, relationships are going to take, obviously, so there's days where you're that for them. Yeah. No, that's good. I'll, I'll give you a personal example. When I uh, uh, first got into church, um, my faith wasn't strong. You know, I, I'm like, these people are nuts. I don't even know what's going on here. I still haven't got it figured out yet. But there was a conversation that me and God had. And he said, listen, he said, you, you can't be influenced over there and me influence over you over here. It's the whatever, whatever master you can't serve two masters. You know, that whole scripture that ties into your faith. That, that doesn't tie into your literal feeding of two different masters. It, that's about your faith because it's what you're feeding the masters. And so there was a group of friends that I had over here and people that I hung out with over here. And then there was my church. And it, yeah, it is church. You know, we give churches a bad name. Oh, the church run me out. The church. No, it, it didn't. Your faith did. Your faith waned and you went here. You went there. Just break it. Y'all chose my class. So I'm just being real. And so. The question was, is do I want my faith to grow or do I want my friendships to grow? Because that's what's over here. The, the, those circles of influence, because I wasn't I wasn't strong enough. I was brand new in the faith. I wasn't strong enough to influence. And so there had to be a separation. And if you're somebody that's not strong in your in your faith yet, and, and I don't know everybody's faith, we'll go around the room. and You can give me one through ten if you want. But. <laughs> If, if you're somebody that's not strong in your faith and you have people in that circle who are constantly trying to influence you in another way, you need to reexamine your circles. It doesn't always mean you have to eliminate them. Normally what it means is you make it one on one. Because when I bring another one in, now they've ganged up on me. And they're not bad. The people aren't bad. They're just influencing you the way that they've been influenced. And it's the same in the church. You ever wonder why so many people come up and hug you? We're trying to influence you in the faith. <laughs> it's why we lay hands. It's because we're influencing in the faith. Hey, you can make it. You can overcome. And then you get 40, 50 hands on you. And then it's like a hot box and you're just sweating. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> but it's influential in faith. And so in order for us to talk and begin to walk. And, and, I, and I feel like I'm starting at the beginning. Um, and I don't think everybody in this group needs to start there. But I think we need to remember if we ever have to go back there. That we have to start looking at what's in our circle. And let's say I've got two circles. And over here I've got three people that influence me the other way. And over here I've got three that influence me in a good way. What do I need? I need more people in this circle. Again, I'm the outreach guy. I'm not telling you to get rid of this. But what I'm telling you is the same thing. Now I'm getting preachy. Now, I'm going to get preachy for a minute. It's the same way they tell you on a plane. Save yourself first before you save anybody else. And that was a conversation that God and I had to have. Because as soon as he saved me, I knew it was to save other people. I didn't know how, but I knew it was to save other people. And the only way that I could do that was to get my faith strong. Because there were going to be places he was going to walk you. And if you think he can walk you there and you're not, you don't have the faith, you're fooling yourself. You, you, you have to be strong in biblical faith. Okay, next question. Do you think faith is measured on a scale? Because that's what we do. We measure everything, right? Chase measures things all day long. I need a 36 inch 90. I need a three foot offset. He measures things all day. We do too. You know what I we measure? you compare your faith to others. Do you mean yeah, like yeah. that? That's good. We measure attendance, don't we? We measure offering. Do you ever think other people are measuring your faith? Do you want us to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> I, do. I do too. I, I do. I do too. I do too. Do you do you know what's do you know for for I'm going way off topic and I hope nobody listens to this podcast. Do you know what sometimes is harder for a Christian, a, a follower of Christ? It is, it is sometimes better to call somebody a sinner than to say you lack faith. Would you agree with that? No? Maybe just me? I'd rather somebody call me a sinner than say, well, you just don't have enough faith. Yeah. I think it's good to look at the disciples, how they said, Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Yes. And, and when you talk about scale, I think, well... 
there's kind of a scale, but then there's not. Like he says, if you have faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be removed. So there's really no, it's like huge and small. So I don't know. I mean, it does look like a scale, but they're the same as far as God's concerned. Yes, I, I would agree. I, I would agree 100%. And I think when it comes to biblical faith, I think sometimes we put ourselves on a scale. And we think we have to achieve a certain point before we can ever call ourselves faithful. Yeah. Another thing that I was bringing up, because you talked about application and might be a way to apply it in your life. I often refer to that when I pray. You know, if I feel like I don't have enough faith, I'll say, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. I take that scripture Sure, because you could think that doubt would begin to creep in, right. and you don't want that doubt to creep in because as that doubt creeps in, it takes away place where faith wants to operate. Yeah, the the scripture she was uh, referring to was Luke seventeen and twenty, uh, and Jesus said unto them, because you because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, I love the King James, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen? So how many of you have tried to move mountains? Do you want to say into that one too? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. How many mountains have been moved? I don't think we'll, we'll know the answer to that question because those are mountains that can be moved long past when we're gone. Sure. It's that seed that you plant now that has that impact, but you won't ever see the benefits of that. Good, good. Until heaven, right? I believe we see that at heaven. We'll get to see what, what happens. So how many of you have have asked for a mountain to be moved only to think the mountain wasn't moved and you got doubt? I do. Yeah, I, I think that's huge because I think there's things that happen and I don't know, like sometimes whenever I say this, she always dares to be on this like, you cannot question God. I don't know if I'm not questioning. Like sometimes you're like, I'll say, okay, well, if there's things that build my faith things that happen that build my faith, and then there's things that I don't understand why they happen, and I step back and think, I don't understand that, God. Like, I don't understand what the purpose of that was. Like, like for once, I, like, for when I struggle a lot whenever we pray for someone, and, you know, you're believing for a miracle, but it doesn't happen, and, and they pass away. Yeah. And, and then you're like, oh, God, I mean, why? What was the purpose of that? And that's where your faith comes in. You have to to trust God that yep. he sees way beyond that, but that still doesn't mean our human emotions, our human mind struggles with the reality of the situation. And I think that kind of goes along with that. Some things are like, they really build your faith, and then some things it's like, I feel like if you're saying you have this shield of faith, it just gets a real big dent in it, and you have to like walk away and kind of push that den out and think about it for a while. Yeah, no, there, there are a lot of things like that. I, had, I was teaching a Bible study to an individual, and this was during the uh, shootings in the uh, school, the, the little kids. Um, I don't remember where that was, but... Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook? Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. Somewhere that was Sandy, and I'm not making a joke or light of it, but the, the, we were doing a Bible study at that time, and his question was, if God is so good, how could he let that happen? And, and so to, to your point, you know, and and I will agree with your wife, if you would allow me, you know, we don't want to question God. We want to rephrase it in God. Show me, show me, show me this. And I think that's the same thing you're you're saying, um, because when 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 we start to to rephrase that question, uh, basically, pastor uses it a lot of show me into your drawing room. And, and we, I think, should do the same thing of, OK, God, help me understand and grasp what you were wanting to learn. And sometimes I think he's saying, I wouldn't want you to learn anything out of that. Sometimes that's just life and that's just what happens, because when it boils down to it, it's it's not your will. It's my will. And, and the I pray that a lot because when I wake up in the morning, you know what I want? My will. 
I, I want my day to go easy. I want lunch to be really good. And I don't want to be tired when I get home. <laughs> but, but I have to pray, not my will, but thine will. And so when we talk about scales, uh, a lot of times uh, we, I think, we're, we're sitting there measuring ourselves. And, and the Bible says that we've, that we've all uh, been given. Romans 12 and 3. For, this is Paul talking to the church in Rome. For I say thou the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But, but think soberly. Think, think of yourself at the level. Have some self-reflection in yourself according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. I think every one of us has been dealt a measure. And, it, and it's really not for us to question our faith, because when you start to question, you start to question everything about God. Because he knew Nate before he was formed. And he said, that's the measure you need. And not that's the measure you need just to get by, because we don't believe that. That's the measure you need to live in abundance. Because the Bible says that he has come to give life and life more abundantly, right? These are all scriptures that we know. So when, when I'm talking about Colleen or I'm talking about Sayo, God didn't give them just a measure to, to slide through, to just make it past the finish line. He gave them the measure to live in, in the abundance. We, we don't have to wonder, okay, Sayo's a nine, I'm only a two. Well, he's more faithful than I am. It's, it has nothing to do with that. Our, our faith isn't comparison. It, when, when we talk about faith to one another, we talk about combining faith. You know, it, it's not me bringing my two to say it was nine and now we're an 11 if my math is right. That, that's not what it's about. It's, it's, it's our faith lifting each other up. Me at the measure that God's given me and Sayo at the measure that God's given him. Any thoughts there? No? Okay. How about this next one? This is a personal one. How much faith do you have? I kind of just answered it for you, but. How much faith do you have? When you wake up in the morning, do you thump your chest and go? <laughs> That's why I asked not to be on the TV tonight. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But it did happen days later. Yeah. So I grew up with all that. And so when I hear Nathan say that, I'm like, if God wants to do it, God's going to do it. There's nothing that can stop him. Yeah. You know, we put our trust and we rely on him. And if he said it, he will do it. He's not a man that he would lie. So we trust that. He's going to do what he wants to do. And nothing will stop that. Yeah. And I think it's important the more we share that. Yeah. Because we, yes. And, and, and the fact of... Uh, we do have order in our service. But if faith is moving you, don't stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. I mean, that, that, that to me is biblical faith. Like, I, I'm, I'm not somebody like, like your dad that's driving down the road and I see a pair of shoes. I'm somebody that's going to be driving down the road and I don't have a dollar in my bank account and I'm going to hit a pothole. <laughs> and it's going to make my tire go flat. 
And, and that, that's just the kind of relationship God and I have. And, and, and we, we know that. He, he laughs at me and I just, I just take it. Uh, but but that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that I have less faith. You, you know, and, and it, it also doesn't mean when it's time for me to move that my faith is going, should I move? And I, and I think going back to the, the measuring, we, we question ourselves in those moments. I, I believe we have missed millions of moments in our services because people don't want to step out in faith. I, I will say too, my dad went to, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. No, you're good. No, so I don't wait. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent with that. Yeah. And, and I think by the empty pews seats in our sanctuary, it's evident that when faith has wanted to operate, we haven't always been wanting faith to operate because we had a little question. Is this the pizza that I had for supper? Is, is this the donut? Man, I'm going to look like a fool if I go do that right now. Because service is quiet. If it was loud, if Sister Jairus and Brother Nate played that one song, ah, oh God, I'd be, I'd be going right now. That's not faith. And so when God wants to do something, no matter if it's to bring you to your knees, faith, faith, a lot of times will bring you to your knees first. And, and you will have that moment of clarity between uh, surrender and submission before God ever is going to do anything. And when we get to that point of comfortability and faith that it's going to bring us to humility and, and, and low places, because he's going to lift us up to those high places, that's when God will begin to move like we've never seen him move. And, and, and honestly, I don't, I don't mean to use preacher lingo, but that, that is a fact. If you would read Hebrews 11, we're not going to have time to go through any of it tonight. If you would, that, that's what it's all about. That is what it literally is all about. Men giving their lives to God and him doing miraculous things with it. And it's not just history lessons. It, it, it literally is factual. I, I can speak to it. I know there are others in this room um, that can speak to it. So when we talk about how much faith we have, please, can we do one thing with biblical faith? Stop comparing it. You don't need any more faith. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And I'm going to take that scripture and I'm going to stretch it right now. You don't need anything than what you've already got. So quit asking for more. First of all, do with what you have. And then continue down the road with what God wants. We, we make excuses. So much big excuses. Who is an excuse maker in this room? Me. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Chase. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm an excuse maker. I'll say, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Ah, I don't have enough. I got lists. Don't even get me started. That's a whole other lesson. I'll just question. I'm not good enough. Honesty. I'm, I'm planning a church with a lot of good help. I question my faith sometimes. You can't say that out loud. People in the room are going to your church. They will be like, what are we doing? But I would rather be able to say that out loud and have an honest conversation with God than to say it in my closet and not really get it ever out. And then you think I'm somebody that I'm not. And when we stop being somebody that we're not, we can be everything that God called us to be. And, and faith is about being the person that you're supposed to be. That's what faith is about. Stop trying to hide. God didn't create a whole bunch of you that we were all going to be the same. I know there's a, there's a statement that all Pentecostal people are the same. No, they're not the same. A lot of us wear a buns. Well, I don't wear a bun, but a lot of us wear a bun and, and maybe their jean skirt looks the same. But we're not all the same. We're different. And our faith coming together, that, that's what makes us a body. If your faith is missing in the body, the body is absent. 
The body cannot function. If I took your arm off, you would not be able to eat cereal in the morning. But we come into a sanctuary and we don't feel worthy because our, we, th- we don't think our faith is enough. And God's sitting there saying, I gave you everything you need. I just need you to respond. And then we go out and we make mistakes. And the accuser of the brethren comes in and, and, and somebody finds out about it. And then we feel this big. It didn't touch our faith. What touched our faith was the doubt that started to creep in. God didn't come in and go, you're not worthy of it now. We, we know the scripture reference. He knows, he, knew, he, knew the hair, he knows the hairs on our head. Whether you got a lot or whether you got a little. He knew the worst that you were going to be. And he still gave you that measure when you were born. He still gave you that measure. There's a story. And I just preached about it this last Saturday. I didn't know I was teaching on faith, but it, but it all worked together. There's a story in Mark 9. And it's about the, the father who had the, the, the child that was, uh, uh, he would throw himself into fires and throw himself into the water. Do you know the story I'm talking about? And Jesus was on the top of the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and, and they were having a transfiguration moment of who Christ was. All the while, the other disciples were at the bottom of the hill, and they were praying for this little boy. And you know the story, Jesus came down and there was an argument that was taking place. And inside of this argument, this man speaks out and says, if you can. Right? That's, that's all he had. All he had was if you can. Because the disciples didn't do it, you, you know, and, and all of this. And he just has an if you can. And all that if you can was, is it, ca- it caused Jesus to come closer to him and to perform a miraculous. God's not looking for you to have, I know you can do it. He's just looking for us to have an if you can. And how many times do we miss an if you can moment? I'm going through a lot, God. If you can, could you do something? That, that, that's faith. That, that, that's faith. It, it doesn't mean you're lacking faith because then he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And, and we've already kind of hit on that. But if you're not asking to help my unbelief, all that means is you're just you've, you've given up. You've given in. And, and, and you have decided to move in the other direction. Amen. So the next one, has your faith stopped moving? It's a personal question. I wouldn't want you to speak up and answer it. <laughs> it's a personal question. It's a, it's a personal question that you really have to process. Because if we're just going through the motions, and we do at times, chances are our faith has stopped moving. And when our faith stopped moving, stops moving, it stops moving us. So there's the whole scripture, stand and know that I am God. I, I believe that. There are moments that you just need to stand and wait till he figures everything out. But then there's other moments where he's moving and you're just standing. And we have to get to the point where when God's moving, we're moving. And nine times out of ten, God's moving. Now there's going to be storms that are going to come in and you're just going to have to stand. But when there's not a storm, God, God's moving. And, and we, we should be moving. So if our faith has stopped moving us, why? Why? The personal questions. Why? The Bible says that we walk by what? And not by what? Second Corinthians 5, 7. We can't, we can't see. We can't see where we are supposed to be going. So we walk by faith. And you know what happens when your faith wavers? You stop walking. It's quickly wrapping up. Now is not the time to stop walking. I know you're saying, well, they said that before. They said it in the 90s. They said it in the 80s. They said it in the however many's, the 20s, the, the Y2K. The, it, they've always been saying that. Well, let's, let me tell you. It's just going to keep being said. Because the farther time goes... The closer we're getting, it's just, it's just math. math. Math doesn't change. And so the more time creeps out, whether the Lord comes back or this life ends, one way or another, we're going to face an eternity. And so when we get to the place where our faith stops moving and the kingdom is still moving forward, we got to question ourselves. Are we still part of that? Or are we just standing over here by ourselves? Because you know what you do when you stop moving? You try to get other people to stop moving with you. Because you want to be that influence. We talked about in circles. You want to be the influencer. 
And so we, we just have to be careful to make sure that we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, let me hit real quick Hebrews uh, 1. Um, uh, i got to skip over that. How much faith you have? Ooh, that was good. I like to do that a different time. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? We all know the scripture. The word substance uh, translated means foundation to stand on. Uh, the faith is the foundation that we stand on. Uh, we don't question math. Does anybody question math in here? Two plus two equals four, right? They even, in common core, it still equals four. They didn't change it. You just have to add 20 minus 16 and you get, you get it a different way. But it's still four because math doesn't change. But what, why then, if math doesn't change, why does our faith change? Why, why do we sometimes question the foundation upon which everything in our life has been built on? Because at knowing in construction, as you start to deconstruct something, you start to break it down from the top down. Well, with our faith, when we, we deconstruct it, we actually break the foundation apart. And the whole house and everything sitting on it, because a lot of that we like. But it's the faith, our actual faith, that we start to question and we start chiseling away at that foundation. So when, when Paul, the, or the author of Hebrews, was writing about this, this faith, he was talking about this literal foundation uh, that we're built on. And he goes on and he talks about this um, evidence of things not seen. And it, it translates literally into such a conviction that is produced in the mind by the demonstration of a problem that after the demonstration is done, no doubt can remain. So, so like Jairus' example of Brother Fergie finding shoes and, and her sister's feet turning backwards. All the while, his faith was building that you, you could give that man anything right now. And he's going to go, nope, that problem's been solved a long time ago. And now there is no doubt in this mind. And when we talk about biblical faith, that's where we want to get to. I'm not saying that's where we're all at right now. That's not where I'm at. I got a ways to go. But if we're not ever seeking for it, we're never going to get to it. And we're just going to be stagnant. And I'll use this uh, last example, the muscle. The, the muscle. The muscle, when, when we go to build muscle, we, we, we work weights and it tears it tears our muscles, but, it, but the body is so intelligent that it builds back even stronger, right? Sorry for boring you that have listened to this before. It just fit nicely. And so the body builds back. Faith is the same way. Faith, faith is the same way that, that as we go out there and move in our faith and we come across something and, and God demonstrates how good he is, it just settles it in our mind. So that whenever somebody else goes through it, we say, hey, do you know what happened? Let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. Now, some people are going to be scorners and scoffers and they're going to be like, nah. But that doesn't stop you from sharing it. And it definitely doesn't stop you from changing it in your mind. And, and so, so to me, as I, as I wrap up, biblical faith is the foundation which we all move on. We all move on. There, there is no denominational faith. Can I just tell you that? There, there are people out there in other denominations that have a lot stronger faith than I do. There are atheists that have stronger faith than I do. It's just not biblical faith, but it's just faith. They, they literally can believe that there isn't anything. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, uh, our faith is this foundation that, that we are built on. Now we have to decide how much do I want God to build and how much do I want to build? Because if I want God to build, I've really got to get engaged in this. I've got to get engaged in my prayer life. And I know people are like, oh, don't give me the prayer life stuff. I can barely keep it together the way it is. We have to. We've got to get engaged in our Bible reading. We have to. And you're like, I can't read and pray an hour a day. I just don't have that much time. What about five minutes? What about two minutes? What about when you go to flip through Facebook? Instead of flipping through Facebook, you go, you go to the Word. What about what about and do it however you want. But I'm just saying if, if we're piling up these excuses guilty and we're not literally doing anything about it. Every message is about faith. Literal every message is about faith that comes from over the pulpit or that is being taught and we're not applying it to ourselves. And if we're not applying it, how in the world can we continue to go back to God and say why? 
Why, 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 why? Because all the while he's just saying, I just, I just, need, I just need you to move with it. I just need you to apply it, and I just need you to move with it. So I think my recorder says 5922, so let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for disallowing us to come here tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that your word, God, that, that your word, Lord, that we would use it as a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. God, I, I pray that every measure of faith that you have placed in this room tonight, God, would, would be shaken and would be, would be stirred, God, not just to be content uh, with with having a measure, God, but would be moved to begin to uh, grow and and uh, press into the measure of faith, God. That that we would begin to multiply it, God. That we would begin to grow it, Lord. And and how does that look, Lord? It, it looks by fruit. It looks by patience. It looks by kindness. It looks by gentleness. It looks by everything that's been poured out through your Spirit, God. And and it, and it is leaves examples, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that as our faith grows, we would begin to uh, over overwhelm and overflow in that fruit, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you so much for just uh, reaching down with your loving kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good questions.